That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. After a 4-0 win over Crystal Palace and a City loss to Chelsea, Liverpool are champions of England for the 19th time. A 30-year wait is over as Jurgen Klopp led the Reds to their first Premier League title. As mentioned, City lost 2-1 to Chelsea in a game which saw Fernandinho get a red card and give up the winning penalty to Willian. Leicester drew against Brighton before losing to Chelsea in the FA Cup. Are the Foxes in trouble of dropping out of the top four? Manchester United notched a 3-0 win over Sheffield. Martial netting the first Manchester United EPL hat-trick since Robin Van Persie did it during the Sir Alex Ferguson years. That would be his last year in charge of Manchester United. Wolves moved themselves into fifth place for now with a 1-0 win over Bournemouth during the week and a 1-0 victory over Villa during the weekend. Tottenham won 2-0 over West Ham as they attempt to gain to get in line for a European spot. And Arsenal got a win over Southampton in the week and a win over Sheffield United in the FA Cup. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro along with Alex and Javier. And congratulations. Congrats, Andrew. Congrats. Congratulations. Congrats. The wait Long is over. 30, 30, 33 years. Or what, 30, years. Like 35, 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. First Premier League title. Why'd you guys have to go burn down the Everton building? Come on, man. Like, it, it only took one day for Liverpool fans to become uh, villains again, you know, and everyone is starting to hate them. What, but no, what they do? Seriously, though. They like burned down like uh, they like lit on fire this Everton building like in their celebrations. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, which is just like uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a bunch of drunk fans. I'm sure they were just having a good time, and maybe someone yeah, that was, was probably some fuckhead. That was the big like worry was everyone congregating and celebrating and doing exactly what they did. But uh, I'll say this like listen, 30 years yeah. that the release was probably pretty crazy. So I'm sure these guys have been some of these people in their lifetime have been Liverpool fans I mean their whole lives and then haven't seen a title so yeah to wait to wait 30 years after the way they dominated the 80s and the 70s to then to then see them kind of you know still be a team that was competitive in the 90s but never actually get it done and then the 2000s just with you know the whole ownership under uh, the Gillettes and the Roy Hodgson era and even when Brendan Rodgers took over and the team was you know a seventh or eighth place club and then Klopp kind of comes in, and you still you're seeing you know major players get sold, whether it's Raheem Sterling or Philippe Coutinho, Luis Suarez, and you know your best players leaving to go finally win the big one. It, it was awesome. It was, I was anticlimactic. I will say, it, like I would have almost rather have beaten <clears throat> City. <clears throat> yes, yes, I would have almost uh, rather have beaten City. You're welcome. Yes, thank you, thank you, Alex. Uh, we I, only need I mean, to draw. I, 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 did, I can't believe I had to ask for that. Yeah, you know, you know um, we're out here gifting titles to Leicester. God, why does the title always get decided at Stamford Bridge, or, so or just by us in general? It's like something right, by Chelsea something in general. Like five out of even the last, even that season when you guys finished tenth. Well, no, five out of the last six years we've been involved in the game that decided the title, either us winning it or you know us beating someone else that gifts the title to Leicester or Liverpool. So, you know, you can't you can't say Chelsea are boring. You never can. 
no, you can definitely can't say that. Uh, a huge win. I mean, Pulisic getting the opening goal in that game, and then uh, obviously for first of all, that Kevin De Bruyne free kick was. We'll get to it later, but that that free kick was insane. Um, I, I would be in favor of Kevin De Bruyne winning Player of the Year. I think he definitely deserves it. I don't care, obviously, the trophy that I wanted to see Liverpool lift. They will now be lifting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing, and. and I, I was I'll agree with that. I mean, I think we called that at the beginning of the season. We've been calling for it. I think the last three years saying De Bruyne's going to win Player of the Year. I think finally this year, like he has to win it. He's just been. I think he has. He's hit double digit Premier League goals. He has seventeen assists. Um, and like every game I watch him, he's just he's such a joy to watch. Uh, I don't know. I, I I absolutely love watching him play. Okay, but to to take things away from Kevin for a second, I just want to say like looking at what Klopp has built with this Liverpool club is. It's unbelievable because you look at other than that loss that they had to City where the, you know, the John Stones clearance over the line where the goal was so close. They've lost something like they went a whole 38 games unbeaten. The only loss they had is to Watford. They've only dropped points twice. And somehow City have lost eight times this season. Like they're like and like this City team just have been pummeling teams since I mean okay other than the Chelsea game but they 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 just routinely beat teams 4-0 5-0 just putting in goals left and right and it's like this team you look and you watch them it's like how can anyone be better than them and then you go and you see what Klopp's built and it's been I mean their their victory against Crystal Palace was it you know it was cool as you like they they won 4-0 they easily could have put five or six away there was a handball shout by Gary Cahill that definitely should have been a should have been a penalty, but they played a perfect game of football. Uh, you've got this team that just is effortlessly and like I remember we were texting during the Palace game and Javier's like, "Geez, it's like the 60th minute Liverpool are up three 0 and Firmino's still hard pressing the hell out of the team." It's just uh, it's not a team like yes we have our superstar and it was it was four nil oh, it was four nil I, I wish I wish I mean Klopp took him off right after because I think he was like hey buddy yeah like we're, we're good you have a team that fine you have Mohamed Salah who's quote unquote the superstar but he's by no means like he's not Cristiano Ronaldo who's gonna like whine at the end of the game if he didn't get to take the winning penalty or whatever like he's you just have a you publicly have a perf- yes publicly he won't Correct. privately he will. Correct, but you you have a perfectly built conglomerate of a team that is well set up to continue for the next couple of years, and, and with the transfer market, and like that's the other thing, like everyone killed Liverpool in the off season for not signing anyone. They didn't need anyone, and they're still going to win the league by with seven games left. That's the most that's ever been won ever. Uh, United had had done it with five. I think Chelsea had done it with five. Remaining the earliest in the season, and weirdly enough, the latest in the season yes. that someone's ever won the league title, which will never happen again, obviously, no. because of these weird circumstances. But it's a weird, uh, it's a weird f- fun fact about this title season. I honestly, what impresses me most about what Klopp's done is he hasn't really done it the way that Chelsea and City have, where. He hasn't gone out and spent other than on Van Dyke, which I think everyone can now agree that yeah, and Allison, everyone can agree that every dime was it was worth every dime and, and Sala. more. He spent fifty million. Uh, no, on Sala. Sala, no, no, Sala was thirty five million. Really? Sala was thirty. Yes, which is why I was looking at some of the transfer fees that he paid for some of these players. He has Robertson seven yeah, Robertson million. Robertson is ridiculous. Yeah. Like Trent, Trent, Trent coming up from the, like the academy. Um, Joel you know, Matip uh, free. players like H- yeah. Henderson, Henderson, who I've never thought well, this Henderson guy would ever be. Henderson was years be. ago. Henderson was like no, I know, but I'm just saying. Leash. I'm just saying these are players who 
I didn't think he turned some players who were already at Liverpool into world beaters. Fabinho, you know, uh, I think 40 million they paid for him. Um, it, it's it's to me it's been incredible the transfer fees that he's paid it hasn't been like the way that City and Chelsea have won their titles or United where they've just spent hundreds of millions and I mean you see Chelsea doing it right now you know they, they're going to probably spend 200 million this summer to try to catch up to City and Liverpool and it's probably going to work you know they're probably going to be right, up there down, with man. them we next year spend but 100 million on two players Oh, uh, we all know you're going to buy like Havertz for eighty million and some yeah, other players Kai too. Havertz and missing out on Champions League football that was a huge um, colossal win for Chelsea coming down the stretch because he now will probably leave to go somewhere bigger, whether it's Bayern or if it's Chelsea, either or. I mean, I wanted him at Liverpool, but Klopp's already made it kind of abundantly clear they're not spending big money this summer because of the pandemic. He even talked about Jaden Sancho. He was like, he would look really good in a red shirt, but I don't think we have the money for it this year. It was like, it's like almost a direct quote. Sadio Mane was thirty-five million. Salah was thirty-five million. Um, which again, these are these are reasonable transfer fees. He didn't go out and spend crazy money. And they came in. They came um, in. They didn't come in. You know, all at one time. Like you brought in Firmino the summer before Brendan's last year. He was like $25 million, in, something like you that. You bring in Mane was like Klopp's first big signing. The summer after that, they bring in uh, Salah. The, the winter transfer window after that, they brought on Van Dyke, and then they sold Coutinho, and then they bring in Allison. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't one like window this was a this was a clear build and it was a five-year project yeah yeah it was very well executed and you guys were patient enough to pull it off it, it sounds like a lot of other teams around the league are now willing and able under the Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp models you know you've seen Chelsea and Arsenal take on very uh inexperienced managers but basically with the understanding that you guys have our patience to go and build a squad and develop young players from our academies that we have really great players coming out of. So, you know, Liverpool and City are kind of like setting the standard in that way. Yeah, that, but I, I want to I ask you, Andrew, as a Liverpool fan... How long do you think Klopp stays? Uh, who, who knows about that? He just signed another extension th- this season, didn't he? I think I think if he stays five or six more years, like I could easily see Liverpool winning two or three more Premier League titles, being being up there for another Champions League title. Like, I don't see this coming apart anytime soon. I could see five or six more titles, and then he calls it, and they if Gerard okay, continues com- to progress... Calm down. Calm, calm down there. Five or six more. Get the well, fuck I'm, out I'm of here. I'm sure he's talking about like I'm sure he's talking about like <laughs> FA Cup. Five or six more years, but yes, I'll take five or six more titles too. Five or six more titles denotes them winning the league five or six more times every like, year. Yeah, no, like, no, I don't think that's gonna happen. But hey, I know that's what people were saying about. I could, I could see two. I could see two or three of the, like in the next five years, I could see them winning like two to three more Premier League titles and like winning another Champions League and you know, like winning the FA Cup, just keep dominating domestically. Yeah, like I, the they have a time, young team. The exact same thing was said under the same circumstances two years ago when City won the league by like 20 or 30 points, got the 100 points, and were basically in the position Liverpool are now. Liverpool were a good team and had just made that Van Dijk signing and gotten to the Champions League final, but not many people predicted like them bridging the gap that quickly and almost winning the league the very next season. So... We don't know, and I'm obviously biased, but we don't know how teams like Chelsea, Manchester United under Solskjaer, and and whoever else may be up there around the next couple of years, how those teams are going to develop in season by season, how they're going to bridge that gap. It's it's just it's way more random than just saying like, oh, if Klopp stays five or six more years, then he could win. He's guaranteed to win two or three more titles. Like injuries happen. Like 
and bad times and like yeah freak results happen it's it's really up in the air so all all of the dynasty talk that people started talking about liverpool the other day i i was kind of like why I get it. This was a great season, but we've seen great seasons before. We had the same sort of attitude towards Chelsea when Mourinho first I mean, arrived, I think, and I think he was gone after argument. two years. Like, like yeah, anything but I think can there's happen. An Even argument. Arsenal haven't won a title since the Invincibles. You, yeah, but you, what I'm saying is like you shouldn't. We shouldn't take this one year, or I guess these last two years. Now it's kind of a two-year like run of dominance for Liverpool. I don't think we should take the, these two years and just project that out, that it's just going to maintain over the next five or six years. Like, the style well, which you guys is... play is frenetic as shit. Like, I, like unless there is significant investment into the squad and, like, rotation becomes much more of a prevalent thing to, for Klopp, I don't know how you, uh, how Salah and Mane and Firmino don't burn out to some degree. At least one of them burns like, out. Like, I could see them going and buying Jadon Sancho next year. Sure going and spending money they haven't spent any money the last couple of years I, like what player on the planet isn't going to want to go play under Klopp and at Liverpool right now um a lazy I think this one? is the biggest Timo Werner yeah a lazy one but I, I mean I, I mean I, I think that like this, they have an argument they can they can say I don't know if this is true or not but they can say that they're one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Premier League team. Um, the, obviously up there with, with the Invincibles, with Chelsea's best team, with United's best team. I think this team is up there, and those teams dominated their era for a decade. Um, Chelsea from 2006 to 2016, basically. 2004. Um, yeah, 2004 to 2016 or so, you guys were dominant. I mean, there was n- never a year where you guys were out of the top three. You guys were always in it in the Champions League. United, for almost 20 years, that was the case. Arsenal, for a good 10 years. Like, I think this is the start of Liverpool's 10 years. I think, I think that it's well, fair I to have say said last year was. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. Last year, the, these first couple of years are the start of Liverpool's, like, I think, 10-year run where they're going to they're gonna be winning titles, they're going to be amazing, and I don't see that changing anytime it soon. It all depends on how Klopp builds the team. I mean, we give credit for, to Sir Alex for being not only like one of the best managers in football, but one of the best managers in sports, and can he rebuild the team? Like, again, like, you've got... You've got not even rebuild. Whole... Like, rebuild denotes like getting rid of all of the older players which there aren't that many there are players who are like in their prime right now right but just slight things to retool like you Mm -hmm. know wingbacks are pretty set for the next couple of years right you know center back is pretty set for the next like five years at least right it's like there's some midfield like issues that you could uh like figure out and maybe some backup forward issues yes exactly like right now right now it's not the time to worry but it's if when Mane and Salah are, you know, Mane, Salah, Firmino are turning 30 in two years and they haven't, like, I think next summer is more of the summer that they absolutely have to go out and spend big on a forward because then you are going to start seeing, like, again, as as Alex said, like, the, the style that they play and the amount of, like, mileage that you're putting on these guys' legs, plus, like, Salah and, Firmi- and, Salah, Firmino and, and Mane all start for their national teams and, like, what happens at World Cup? What happens at, you know, Africa Cup of Nations and and Copa Copa America, all of this, like all of this has to do with why they do they, it's not even necessarily rebuild, but it's reload. It's find that next find that next person. And whether that, that person's already in the building, if it's a Harvey Elliott, if it's a Rian Brewster or whatever, it's it's developing and bringing that next wave up. And like and that is something that I'm excited to watch over the next, you know, five or you know, what seven games they have left to play. Fine. You've got Manchester City, you've got Arsenal and you've got Chelsea are the big three games that they have to play. And I think you run out the starters because those are your big rivals and you want to 
show, you know, continue to show that we're the best. But you've got also games like Brighton. You've got games that are against teams that are, are near the bottom of the table or in the middle of the table. Like, I think that's where you give the opportunity to your Curtis Jones, your Harvey Elliott's, like your, your Nico Williams, who came on and played well against Leicester, like, or against Crystal Palace. Like, you have to, to work in some of these players who, you know, played in that game against Everton where they won in the FA Cup or, or had to fall on their sword against Aston Villa in the, FA, in the, in the League Cup and give them a run out and see if they're worth and see if they can keep up this level because this is the perfect opportunity. Like I'd necessarily like, yeah, a hundred points would be cool or 101 points, whatever to beat the, you know, most points total ever for city would be cool. But that doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter to me. That's not another trophy. It would be different if they were still in the FA cup. I'd be like, yes, there's another thing to win or, or the champions league, another thing to play up for for the rest of the season. But like, I think the biggest point right now is let's get, Let's get all these young players who we would like to work in, or even Takumi Minamino. Let's get these guys more time and get them an opportunity against Premier League opponents in games that matter, valuable game time to figure out if they're worth their salt or if we need to move on from them or if we really do need to go sell pieces to make adjustments for next year. I'm not interested in giving, like, sure, let Adam Lallana wear the armband one more time and, and, you know, give him his applause for his contributions to the club. But, like, let's. (laughs) Applause from who? I mean, there's no one there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, like, no, I do. But like, let's give sure. Let's give him his shouts and find, you know, James Milner's not going to leave this year. But let's, you know, I, I want to see these young players get the opportunity to shine and do something and see what they're worth, because like this is the perfect time to do it. Because the reality is, a points total isn't another trophy. It's not, you know, Premier League number two. It's it's no, but it's like it's like a it's like what do you call it? What do you call in the military when you get a uh, like an award on your chest? Oh, it's it's a, like a medal. It's a medal of honor. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like a medal. The, the Arsenal won the league, and the Invincibles thing elevates them, and to me, overrates them. Meanwhile, like other teams, like City got a hundred points so that's the centurion team like mm-hmm. if you have like if you have like a gimmick or like a like a niche that you fulfilled that somehow to some people raises the quality of your team so if you did get a hundred points or if you did like break the record that city set with that 100 point season then that doesn't hurt your argument for where that we were the best premier league team of all time so i could see why that would be seductive but I, think I agree Klopp with you. Can rotate. You, guys, you guys should I, figure out who your backup left back should be. Yeah. When because Milner's not going to be there forever to fill in. Mm-mm, and no. I don't know that that what was that first game you played the Everton game when Milner yeah. got injured and uh, I think Gomez came in and played left back. You guys just yeah. looked toothless. Well, so if there's an academy player that can do that, you should figure that out in the next like seven or eight hmm. games. There's this kid Larucci who might be able to do it. I will say I watched the Palace game and he's older than FSG would go and purchase, and I don't know if he would leave. But I would take Patrick Van Anholt to be our backup left back from Crystal Palace. Like you're talking about a guy who wouldn't start most games, who play cup games. He's a workable left back. I don't. Again, I don't think he would give up being a starter, and he's already Dutch, so you know he's probably be boys with with I don't, Genie. I don't know. And, Andrew, you're you're tempting you're tempting fate here, a fate that many clubs before have fallen uh, have fallen to. Uh, you know, Arsenal with David Luiz and Manchester United with Jose Mourinho and Mata and Matic and all of their former Chelsea players are secret agents that will destroy your club from within. So please take Van Arnholt and we will activate our our double agent and he will destroy I mean, you from you with within. He other will, than like 
other than like James Milner, the amount of older players that FSG, it's like James Milner and like Ricky Lambert are the two old guys that Liverpool, that, that FSG have brought in and they don't bring them in for high money. So I, I think that they're going to go find a left back in a better spot, but I'll say this, I think, and, and we'll move on to Liverpool often in a second here. I just want to say this. I think they could still break a hundred points and rotate some of these kids in. Like, I think these kids are, are all right. And I don't think Klopp's going to do just what he did for the Villa game where he just runs out the U23s. It's going to be an amalgamation. You're going to have Nabi Keita. You're going to have Minamino. But then you might also have, like, a youngster at right back or left back. But I still think that, that Klopp will try to get as many points as he can. Like, I, I still think they can take down 100 points while rotating. That's optimistic. I mean, I, I like the confidence, but, yeah, that's optimistic. All right, let's 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 talk about the Chelsea City game because this was a huge win for Chelsea who are now, what, two points behind Leicester in the table. I mean, obviously it, like the, it ended the title, but the bigger thing it did was it made it so... It, it's a huge boost for Chelsea who remain two points in front of Wolves who won while Chelsea were off for the FA Cup. They're a point behind Leicester who look like they're falling right now because they've in the three games that they've played, they've drawn and they've lost in the FA Cup. So it's going to come down to the wire, it looks like, for the spots three through six from Leicester City, Chelsea, Wolves, and United. Spurs need some. Spurs need a lot of help. They're currently four points behind United right now. I I would like to qualify them as out, but it's not over until no, it's not, over. They're not out. They're yeah. not out yet. They're not out yet, but it, they could be. They just um, need a lot to go right for them. Was that the biggest? Was that the biggest Chelsea win of the year? Uh. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, probably. But it's got to be. It's hard to quantify. Christensen was amazing. Yeah. I thought he was the man of the match, um, him along with Pulisic. I'm trying to think of another one. It's just the fact that there were no fans. And, you know, as as much as City were trying to, like, hold on and keep you guys from winning the title, like, they knew they they knew they weren't. It was just a matter of time. Like, they knew. I, I think that's the real reason they didn't come back and absolutely just smack us once they uh, uh, once they got the game level. You know, Sterling had a great chance to get it to 2-1 uh, for City, and he hit the post. But then after that, and for most of the game before that, even in the first half, City may have had most of the possession, but uh, they weren't really creating. They didn't seem as, like, intense as they usually do and, like, completely committed to creating, like, good quality chances. It, it's... It didn't help that Aguero was out, but they, they just didn't have that same sort of uh, intensity that they, they usually do. And I think a big part of that was seeing Liverpool just dismantle Palace the night before and basically just put every sort of uh, question to bed about whether Liverpool would be able to like win the title or like wrap it up. It, yeah. That, that, that kind of broke them, I think. And us playing well broke them as well, but yeah. that broke Better. them. Better free kick, Trent against Palace or Kevin De Bruyne against Chelsea? Probably De Bruyne against us. Yeah. I, yeah. I love Trent, and that was a, a sick free kick, but the, the way that Kevin did that one is was a special free kick. I think I think Kevin's was a good six, seven yards farther, yeah. too. So. What was I going to say? Probably something about Chelsea. Oh, yes. Before I wanted to talk about the Chelsea City game, which we kind of already got to, uh, I was going to say that the rest of the teams behind Chelsea, uh, I was spending all week at work checking results of games on Tuesday, Wednesday, seeing United just destroy Sheffield, seeing Manchester United destroy Sheffield United. 
seeing Tottenham get a crappy win against West Ham, where you know they awful. had most of the ball, but it was the worst thing you could have ever watched. Uh, seeing even Arsenal and Wolves, all of these teams won. All of these teams just below us who are like hoping, like praying that we slip up. They were all looking at that Chelsea City game as, oh, okay, well Chelsea will drop points there, and we basically slammed that door in their face and said, well, no, we're not, we're not losing to Manchester City. We're gonna, actually going to go ahead and win that game, and it's now a five-point gap from us to Manchester United and Wolves in uh, fifth and sixth. Seven games to go. Looking at our schedule, there are a bunch of games that before the COVID nineteen uh, break. I would have said with fans would have been very difficult and we would have been hard pressed to keep top four. But with the play, the, the way we're playing now and with those games essentially becoming training matches and us having not looking like we've missed or skipped too much of a beat when we have all of our like technical players on, on the pitch. I'm, I'm like pretty confident if I had a mortgage, I'd put it on Chelsea to be in the Champions League next season. That's all I'm saying. All right, here's Chelsea's remaining schedule. They got at West Ham versus Watford, at Palace, at Sheffield versus Norwich, at Liverpool versus Wolves. The last two games is really where it's going to... I could I could see that Wolves game being like four Champions League. Like, I could see no, both I'm, teams I'm just I'm thinking the opposite. If it was earlier, it would be way more important. But I think everything will be wrapped up by then. We have a five-point gap. Obviously, that can change things very quickly. But... You know, even by the Liverpool game, the second to last game of the season, if we keep or even extend that gap, then getting a draw at Liverpool would just be, that'd be fine. We'd have, we'd have uh, it wouldn't matter the next week against Wolves. That's And, and I'll say this, what, Chelsea, Chelsea are in a tear right now. They're in good form. And the bigger thing is that Leicester are falling right now. You've got at, they're at Everton against Palace. They at have Arsenal, by far the hardest schedule. At Bournemouth versus Sheffield at Spurs versus United. Yeah, it's not easy. If they at all. don't, if they draw against Everton, I don't. I think Chelsea take third place, and then it's maybe Wolves or United slipping into fourth. And like you'd have to feel for that that Leicester team that was doing so well. I mean, they were at one point in the league they were second. They were playing really, really well. Like when Liverpool beat them four 0 on Boxing Day, they were second in the league. Yeah, and it seems they, like a million like, years ago, doesn't it? it it does, and well, the other thing, the other team too that's come out of the break looking bad is Sheffield United. I mean, they were in seventh place coming out, and now they look like, I and mean, they're still going to finish. First of all, I mean, I didn't have, I had them getting relegated. I think Javier had them getting relegated. So the fact that they're even in the ta- this, yeah, in discussion for being in a European spot is an amazing achievement by them. But I mean, they're in trouble too. I like what Wolves can do, and I know Alex said it last pod that they're the team that scares them the most. The way that United are playing those is good too, but the one thing that Wolves had is is they're not in the FA Cup. They don't have to worry about that one game week. They're not going to have anything to hit back at them. And really the only game that I look at at Wolves that it's like that they might not be able to win is at Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to look at their schedule too. I know United have like the easiest of schedules, but a bunch of those games... You know, Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, their next three games. As easy as you could play those out to be, I still have the uh, I still have the opinion of United that against low-block defensive teams that are desperate for a result, even a draw against a team as good as United, I, I think there's a, pl- a good amount of chances that United are going to be frustrated and, you know, draw game 1-1 or 2-2. I think they have far more trouble with breaking down those low-block teams than Chelsea do, and frankly, even Wolves do. Wolves just have this ability, even against teams that they are so much better against, uh, better than, 
where they should be dominating the ball and they should be coming or encountering the same difficulties against the low block that United do. But they're so insistent on sitting back themselves and lulling teams and sort of like goading them on to like come attack them that they create their own counterattacks like far more naturally against those teams than I've seen United do. That that Norwich game yesterday, like I know there was a lot of the B team players in it, but even when they brought on all of the the Pogba's and Martial's and Rashford's, like it was a struggle. There was no continuity to it there wasn't any sort of pattern of passing that, like, that you're seeing from a lot of the other like top four contenders right now that makes you think like th- th- I'm confident in this team so as well as United have playing results United have been playing result results wise I'm I'm still not a believer that they're going to go on they're going to continue on like a five or six game winning streak like I, I feel like they're the ones who could slip up much more easily than us or Wolves that's why I'm more scared of Wolves than I am of United. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that the one thing that United have is is that easy schedule that we've kind of talked about, um, how they don't really have any hard teams left outside of, I think, but that's what I'm, that's Leicester, what I'm talking the about. last day of the season. That's what I'm talking about. They don't um, break down those teams as easily as, as other teams do. And I don't know. I mean, I just think that because Martial has been hitting form, um, I think he's looked so good. Uh, Rashford's just kind of continued where he left off. Um, he has looked a little bit rusty, at least um, finishing-wise, but he's still been getting assists. And um, I think that Pogba-Bruno midfield um, can only grow. I think that they have just up, only up to go from here. I really don't think that they're going to get any worse this season. And I think that they're going to be in it till the end. I think that they're going to push um, Chelsea and Wolves to the end, and I think it's going to be a, uh, a really, really close one. I don't think it's going to be as easy as you say. And I mean, obviously, injuries are going to be something big, but I think team chemistry, um, it's I think because they were coming onto the pitch, all those big players um, at different times, I think it's kind of hard to get your chemistry down. And so I don't I don't take too much from that. Um, In the end, they did get the job done and they did get through to the semifinal. So I think, uh, you know, we'll see in the semifinal. You you guys haven't been able to beat them. They've beaten you, I think, twice this year Um, and three times. I think that that's. Three times, yeah. So Carabao I think that Cup. they've kind of been your Achilles heel, and I'm sure that you guys are going to be, you know, just looking behind you the whole time because I don't think that they're going to let up. You know, I hope I'm wrong because that would mean that if, you know, if either Wolves or United do let up, then that would give a small chance to Arsenal to maybe, you know, get into that fifth or sixth spot. But, um, you know, I'm not really hopeful about that at all. So, But I do agree that both Wolves and United, I think, have the easiest schedules of left um when compared to like Chelsea or Arsenal, or, I think our schedule is just um, as easy as United's. I really do. I'm, I'm not afraid of Sheffield United away. I'm not afraid of uh, Watford at home, even though they're in a relegation battle. I'm like, I'm just, I'm pretty confident that we're gonna win six out of these last seven games. We're and we may drop points to either Liverpool or I don't know. It just reminds Wolves. me of, of but another thing about Wolves and United <laughs> is that they are both still in the Europa League, which is scheduled to kick off uh, at the last couple of rounds around the same time as the Champions League. So if one of them does drop points like sooner rather than later, and it kind of looks like they're not going to be able to get into Champions League via the top four road, then you could see you could see them rotate a little bit more, maybe not uh, be as attentive to the Premier League schedule and just put all of their eggs in the Europa League basket. I think you'd want that momentum, though, right? Also, too. Yeah. What? Is an FA Cup and a fifth-place finish good enough for Ole in this first season at United? 
if you get some Champions League, yeah. If City are suspended for the two seasons or just for next season and fifth place becomes a Champions League place, then yeah. It's, it's the same sort of expectations of Frank, like... If Frank get doesn't get, I mean, they gave four. they gave Van Gaal, you know, almost three years when it was just watching paint dry the whole time. So, I think Ole's been a little bit better than that, and um, yeah, I'm sure that they're Van Gaal won an FA Cup for them. I'll have you. Yeah, know. that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm what I'm saying is I'm sure they're going to give Ole at least another year or two, no matter what. If he doesn't finish in Champions League this year, um, I don't think that they're going to fire him. I mean, the thing is though, if Poch is out there. And he's been linked to them forever, and especially if this Newcastle bid comes through, uh, you need just the, the Newcastle bid from uh, Saudi Arabia. Obviously, it's a big question. Javier, you want to hit on some some of the Arsenal? I mean, they obviously make it into the FA Cup semifinals, and or Arsenal yeah, back. I, mean, I was uh, no, we're not back. I mean, <laughs> we I'm always glad we've we always gotten a couple ask. of wins. We always have to ask. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad that we've gotten a couple of wins, but you know everything's still been a struggle. Um, you know, Aubameyang hasn't scored in four games. I guess fit five if you count the FA Cup game that he came on for like eight minutes. But um, you know, it looks like maybe his head's been turned somewhere, and he's not trying to get an injury or something like that. And you know, no, the 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 biggest positives that I've taken so far are Kieran Tierney's a, a really good player. Um, and he's going to be really good for us in the future. Um, we need to lock down Saka to a long-term deal because he's another excellent player um, that players like him and Nketiah are, are, are going to be good in the future. And, you know, I'm glad we have some young talent and we have some players um, that are giving their all every game. Um, but I think there's a lot of players who aren't um, and who need to be moved on. And, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of work to do, a lot of rebuilding. Um, I think Nicola Pepe's actually been decent this year now that we've seen um he's been producing a little bit more in 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 2020 he definitely was okay was not doing very well in 20 you know in the first half of the year but now he's been involved in i think 16 goals total he has something like nine goals and six assists or something like that and you know for for his first year in the premier league i I think that's that's quite okay i think that's something similar to what Mane was doing the first couple of years that he was in the league so is he your best penalty um, taker I think he, I think he's pretty damn good. Uh, I've been, his last penalty that he took was really, really good. And I don't know, I'd keep him on penalties, but obviously when Aubameyang's on the pitch, I'm pretty sure he's always going to be taking them. So well, Lacazette um, was was that before Aubameyang or Pepe came along. So you think of Aubameyang. We do have a lot of good penalty takers. So, but I don't, you know, I'm not not too not too concerned about that or thinking about that right now. Um, you know, it's just it's just take each game as it goes. Um, I think our center back and our back line has been disastrous. You know, this entire year, and the, the pairing keeps rotating and moving every game. And I think one positive from the Southampton game was uh, Rob Holding getting man of the match, and you know, um, he kind of looks like he's a, getting a little bit back into form, which would be really good because he was for a while, you know, our best center back and looked really good before that injury. So. Um, if he gets back into form and you know finds a decent partner for himself in the transfer market, um, I know Saliba's coming in. Then you know, I think we could do okay next year. We could you know maybe push for top four. But um, I'm not not seeing us winning any titles anytime soon. But um, this this city semifinal um, in the FA Cup, I'm, I think this is the one thing that we could maybe try to um, really you know even though City have destroyed us every single time I mean they've beaten us like 3-0 pretty much every time and uh, no game has really been close against them um, since that FA Cup semifinal that we beat them in 2017 but this is a very different City team now and leave beating Pep Guardiola's City to the professionals you know leave it leave it to us leave it to United leave it to Liverpool Liverpool. yeah 
Leave it to the professionals. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, you know wrap things up here. A couple games that we're looking forward to before we head into next week. Before we before we record next, obviously Brighton Manchester United on Tuesday, Arsenal Norwich Wednesday, West Ham Chelsea on Wednesday. Sheffield Tottenham on Thursday, Man City Liverpool, the guard of honor, Raheem Sterling giving Joe Gomez a guard of honor on Thursday. You like me? You like me predicting that last week? <laughs> it's gonna be glorious. I was like, hey, how about we uh, we beat City for you guys and let them give you a guard of honor? And I'm happy well, that came to fruition. Javier and I write on the under two and a half for for games that took Liverpool to win the title because it kind of really was two and a half on the dot. Um, Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, Brighton United's big, especially with that low block. Arsenal should tank, just torch Norwich. They're in a weird place right now. Well, that's like the last game for a while that Arsenal have like a good chance to pick up points in, since they've got like Wolves, Leicester, Liverpool, like, and then and then Listen, we could we could we could beat those teams if we. No. Oh, God damn it, Javier. If we if we if we go crazy <laughs> oh and we start God. playing well, we could oh, beat if, those if, teams. If. But. Oh my god. It's big ifs. It's big ifs. Let me see us torch Norwich and then I'll have a little bit more hope. Good luck with that. I wouldn't I wouldn't put any money down on that. Oh no, definitely not putting any money down. Don't worry about that. Alright guys, well thanks again for listening to the podcast. Tune into uh, social media and stuff. I decided to throw out some picks at Andrew Pissarro at ASMOS92 at Javi Rev9 at Ghost Gold Pod. And until next time. See you.